We're going to study the second most important question that anybody can ever ask and that needs to be answered. The first and most important question is who is God? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The second most important question is who is Jesus? And that's where we're going this afternoon. Who is Jesus? Such a vitally important question. And the simplest answer is he is the Christ. And so let's see a summary of what that means in Lord's Day 12 of the Heidelberg Catechism. If you go to page 877 in the back of your songbooks, page 877. A summary of what what it means in the Bible when Jesus is called the Christ. We first saw what the name Jesus means, Savior. But now who is Jesus, the Savior? He's the Christ. Why is he called Christ, meaning anointed? Because he's been ordained by God the Father and has been anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher who fully reveals to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our deliverance. Our only high priest who has delivered us by the one sacrifice of his body and who continually intercedes for us before the Father. And our eternal king who governs us by his word and spirit and who guards us and keeps us in the deliverance he has won for us. And the next time, Lord willing, we'll look at the next one. If that's what Christ means, what does it mean to be a Christian? But just looking What does it mean that Jesus is the Christ? And let's go to that confession of faith in Matthew 16. We'll read verses 13 through 23 of Matthew 16. Matthew 16. 13 through 23. Page 977. So Jesus has just warned the disciples against the teaching, the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They are false teachers. They do not believe the truth about Jesus. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am or that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Then the next part tells us what it means to be a Christian. 
From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus said, told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that's what a Christian is. Well, this is God's word, and may he bless us by it, strengthen us to trust him fully. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, we've been talking about the bedrock of the Christian faith. What does a Christian believe? And the bottom line is the Christian must believe in God. Which God? This God. The only one. The God of the Bible who is the Father, the eternal Father, the eternal Son, and the eternal Spirit. We looked what it doesn't mean to believe that God is your father who made all things, controls all things, and through Jesus, you become his child and he guards and governs you and fully takes care of all your needs so that you're protected forever. Now we're looking at the next question. What does it mean to believe in God the Son? It means to believe he is Jesus, to believe in Jesus. But as we said last time, what does that mean? Adolf Hitler believed in Jesus, his own version of him. The super Aryan, the great hero of the super race. Vladimir Putin believes in Jesus, a Jesus of his own making. Jehovah's Witnesses do, Mormons do, Hindus talk about Jesus, Muslims talk about Jesus. So really that gets us to the next important question. Who then is Jesus? Who is Jesus? It's a vitally important question for your salvation and mine. Who do you say Jesus is interested in this too? Who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus? And so that's what we want to see this afternoon. What does it mean to believe in Jesus We want to see, first of all, the question, Jesus' question. Who do you say that I am? And then God's answer given through Peter, you are the Christ. And thirdly, our confession. On this rock, I will build my church. Who is Jesus? That's Jesus' question. That's what makes it a good and important and vital question. Who do you say Jesus is? And Christianity in our time, congregation, is sort of embarrassed by this question because remember, we're in a democratic age and we believe that if you believe in Jesus, you should be able to believe in whatever Jesus you want. You should be able to have your own version. Choose your own Jesus. That's your right. But Jesus doesn't agree. 
Jesus says, that's very dangerous because what if you pick the wrong one? What if you choose the wrong Jesus? If Jesus is the only way to God, and he is, what if you got the wrong one? Then you're not going to make it to God. You're not going to make it to heaven. You're not going to make it to glory. Salvation's not yours. You're lost. So important. So important that Jesus takes his disciples to a private place in Caesarea Philippi for a Who is Jesus conference. Because these 12 are going to become the apostles that are to take the name of Jesus to all the nations. They better know who he is. So they can teach us who he is. So he opens the conference with this question, who do people say that I am? And he doesn't mean his enemies. Luke puts it this way, who do the crowd say? Jesus asked, who do the crowd say? All these people that are following. Do they all agree? Well, said the disciples, oh boy, that's all over the place. Some people think that you're John the Baptist. Well, what would John say to that? He said, I am not the Christ. I go before him, but I am not, I'm not worthy to untie his shoelaces. He must increase, I must decrease. So John would disagree for sure, and Jesus would. Others think that you're Elijah, come back. Others think that you're Jeremiah. Others think you're one of the other prophets. It was all speculation. It was all guesswork, conjecture, human opinion, people sharing their ignorance with each other. And Jesus does not want his children, his disciples, to get caught up in these false opinions of who he is. It matters. Who do you say Jesus is? It matters. It really does. We today have even less excuse to get his identity wrong because... They didn't have the whole Bible. We've got all 66 books, the complete revelation of Jesus Christ. And 20 centuries of theology to reflect on the Bible's teachings. But congregation, we're not doing well in North America. Because we're spending way too much time wasting our time on ourselves and our pleasures. And not enough time in finding out who he is. And with great sadness, I report report the results of the 2022 Ligonier survey to evangelical Christians in America. 2022 survey. So evangelical Christians are, you might say, not the nominal Christians, but the more serious about their faith, genuine Christian types. Here's what they discovered in their survey this year. 43% of American evangelicals believe that Jesus was a great teacher, but he's not God. Almost half. And I can't imagine the stats are any better in Canada. 43%, almost half, believe Jesus is just a great teacher, but he's not God. That's an idol. That's not believing in Jesus. That's Jehovah's Witness God. And he cannot save. He does not pay for sin. 
56% in this survey believe that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. In other words, Jesus is not the Christ, the only way to God. We're not in good shape. This question is a timely one, Jesus' question. Not just back then, congregation, but today. Who do you say? Who do people say that I am? And then who do you say that I am? And I've done this before, but I've listed the different versions of Jesus in North America that people flock to. And they're all false. Jesus, the medicine man. That's the Benny Hinn Jesus. The healer. The one who gives you miracles, the miracle man, you could call him as well. The magician, Jesus. Not proclaimed as the savior, but as the medicine man. Then there's Jesus, the money man. The Creflo dollar Jesus. The name, by the way, of a so-called tele-evangelist. Prosperity gospel. Believe in him. Give to him and he'll give you back lots so you get rich. Jesus the money man. Then there's Jesus the mentor. Remember the Oprah Winfrey Jesus. He's your life coach. He walks along with you and helps you adjust your life and gives you pointers. Then there's Jesus the model, the, the good example. That's all he is, a good example for you to follow. And then there's, if I can use another M, Jesus the Mahatma the philosopher, the man with great and profound ideas for you to think about. None of these is Jesus. Who do people say that I am? Jesus, they say all kinds of things about you. What about you? What about you? Here's the challenge. Do you have the real Jesus. Not Hitler's, not Benny Hinn's, not Joel Osteen's, but God's Jesus, the Bible Jesus. And brothers and sisters, the reason this is so important is not because Jesus is so egocentric and gets ruffled if, if we don't sort of pat him on the shoulder and get him right. He knows that he's the only way of salvation. And to believe in the true Jesus is the only way for you to have all your sins forgiven and you to have eternal life with God. And so we got to get to God's answer, secondly. But who do you say? That I am, Jesus asked the 12 disciples. Who do you say that I am? Jesus wanted to get to the truth of the matter for the sake of his disciples and their salvation, but also for the sake of the spread of the gospel to all the nations and to Strathroy for our salvation. So that we also come to know the true Jesus and we can share him with our neighbors for their salvation. That's why this is so important. And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And 
Luke has an even shorter version. You're the Christ of God, and Mark even shorter. You're the Christ. And that's the point. You're the Christ. What does Jesus say? Wow, you got a great mind, Peter. You are bright. No. He says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You didn't get this from the opinions that are floating around in the neighborhood. But my Father in heaven revealed it to you. This is God's answer. This is the right answer. You're the Christ. And so Jesus blesses Peter. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for giving the truth of the matter. Who is Jesus? And you see, contrary to postmodern education philosophy, not every answer is right. Not everybody gets a star. Because that's not helpful when it comes to ultimate things, especially, but even in smaller things, but in ultimate things, it's not helpful to say, you're right, you're right, you're all right. No. You got this from my Father in heaven. He taught you this. By having you listen to me and See my miracles and opening your heart to me. So who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Christ. The Christ. That word in the Hebrew is Mashiach. And in Aramaic, Messiah. And in Greek, Christos, the Christ. And all three words mean to pour, to anoint. To put oil on. It means that you've been set apart by God for a special task, a special anointing. And your special anointing in God's salvation plan is to bring sinners to God, to bring sinners all the way to God. And there were three anointings, small c Christs in the Old Testament. There were prophets. Elijah was called to anoint Elisha as the next prophet. There were prophets. There were priests anointed with a special anointing oil recipe to be used only for ordination of priests. And then there were kings. Those were the third small c Christs in the Old Testament, kings. Samuel anointed Saul and David. Zadok the priest anointed Solomon. You remember when Samuel anointed David and Saul, the Holy Spirit rushed upon them to equip them for the work God had given them to bring sinners to God. That's what a Christ does, an anointed one of God. His task is to bring sinners to God. Prophets, they show you the way to God. They teach you the way to God. We, we don't know who God is. We're very confused about who God is and who we are and what his call is to us and how we get to know him, how we get to be saved. We're very confused about that, but a prophet is to teach the way to God, show us the way to God. 
And a priest is anointed to open the way to God because the way is closed by sin, by guilt. And to get rid of that guilt, there has to be a sacrifice to pay for sin. And so a priest offers a sacrifice that pays for sin to open the door so sinners can go into God and have access to him. Priests open the way to God through a sacrifice. And then kings take people and govern them and lead them down the way to God. So prophets show the way to God, priests open the way to God, and kings take you by the hand and govern you and lead you all the way to God so you don't lose that way. And of course, the Christ in the Old Testament, the prophets, priests, and kings are also disappointing because they're not the real one. They're just types and, and shadows. But then came Jesus. And he's all three, prophet, priest, and king, brought together into one. Jesus is the Christ. And that means God sent him to be your perfect prophet, your perfect priest, and your perfect king. And just let me explain what those three mean. It's outlined so well in question and answer 31. God sent Jesus to be your prophet. To teach you the truth about God and about yourself and about how to get to God and how to worship God because we don't know. I think of the Samaritan woman who said to Jesus, remember when he's talking to her, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Why did she perceive that? Well, she didn't know who God was. He told her. She didn't know how to worship God properly He told her. She didn't know who she was. Remember? She had gone through five husbands and now was living common law with her sixth, living in adultery. She had no idea that she was in a bad spot. He told her. Remember, she goes and runs to her friends. Come meet a man who told me all I ever did. (laughs) But she's excited because he's going to get her out of that. And he brings her living water. He teaches her how to get out of her sin into the true God by drinking Jesus, the living water. We need this prophet. He's exactly what we need to take care of our confusion issues, our ignorance issues, our not knowing the right way, our not knowing how to live issues, not knowing who God is. You go to Jesus and ask him to teach you in the Bible and to read the Bible with open open my eyes, Jesus, so I can hear you. But he's not only the one, he not only shows us who God is, but he's also the perfect high priest who said, and I'm going to open the way for you to God too. I'm going to give myself as a sacrifice because you can put bulls on the altar and you put goats and, and lambs on the altar like the Old Testament priest did, but bulls can't pay for human sin. They were just pictures of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm not only the priest, I'm the sacrifice. I'm going to lay myself on the altar. And I'm going to remove what separates you from your God, your sin, your guilt. I'm going to take that guilt on me 
and get killed for you. So the wall is removed in me. God's anger towards you is removed in me. It's taken out on me. And the barrier's gone and the door's open and you can go to God. Do you have a guilt issue? What are you doing about it? Do you believe Jesus is the Christ? Anointed to be your priest? And then he offered the perfect sacrifice to really take your sin out of the way. And that as often as you sin, there's enough in what he did on the cross to take care of that over and over and over again. By one sacrifice, he's perfect, perfected forever those who believe in him. That that one sacrifice covers all. But he's also a king, a shepherd, a leader who fills you with his spirit so that when you want to go the wrong way, the spirit writes God's law upon your hearts and Jesus becomes your inner king to say no to sin and yes to Christ and yes to God's commandments so that when we're tempted and we're being deceived and we're being misled, and we're going astray. We can call upon King Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. Write your law in my heart. Lead me in your good way. Guide me in your truth and teach me. This is it. He is it. Jesus is the Christ. He's the one we need. All of us, no one accepted. Take care of the confusion and the guilt and the rebellion. Confusion, he's their prophet. Re guilt, he's your priest. Rebellion, he's your king. He's got all the angles covered. You need him. I need him. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Christ. John Calvin writes, the confession is short, but it embraces all that is contained in our salvation. For this name for Christ or anointed includes both an everlasting kingdom and an everlasting priesthood to reconcile us to God and by paying for our sins through his sacrifice to obtain for us a perfect righteousness. And having received us under his protection to uphold us and supply us and enrich us and enrich us with every description of blessings. God is calling you to put your faith in his son, Jesus the Christ. All of us. The right one. The right Jesus. The Christ, the son of the living God. Your perfect prophet, infallible prophet your perfect priest, your perfect and eternal king. Nobody else can get you to God. You might say, I know it's a bit crass, there's one highway to God and it's got three lanes, prophet, priest, and king. Jesus is that highway. And he's your prophet, priest, and king the whole way.
So come to him and he is yours. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, the Father and I will come to live in him. Wow. You come to him, you get all of God living in you. The Father and the Son come to live in you through the Spirit. He really is the mediator between God and man. Well, that leads to our confession. Jesus is earnest about us knowing and saying who he is. And that's why he says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? I want you to say it. Because true faith not only believes in the heart unto righteousness, but confesses with the mouth unto salvation. It governs the whole person. So he said to Peter, Peter, you made the right confession of Jesus. I tell you, you are Peter, Petros, and on this rock, Petra, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amazing passage, much debated through history, but an amazing passage. And the simple gist of it is, you are Petros, rock, and on this Petra, your confession of faith, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. Where is the church? Who are the church? It's the people who confess that Jesus is the Christ in truth. And they're gathered in congregations all over the world to worship God. The church is not a building. It's not a denomination. The church is not an ethnic background. The church is the people that confesses Jesus is the Christ. We believe it in the heart. We confess it with our mouth. And then God gathers us together with our households to be his household. And then Jesus has this promise and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, if you confess the Christ, the gates of hell will come against you in a major war. Satan is on your tail. As soon as you confess Christ, he will come after you. He will try to destroy your faith. He'll try to destroy your family. He'll try to take away all courage and all witness and all testimony and keep you silent. But the gates of hell will not prevail. Because the Jesus you confess is far greater and stronger than Satan who opposes him. And so you may have full confidence that when you confess Jesus is the Christ... All the scary stuff you'll face after that, he will hold you fast. The Christ you confess will be enough for you in all that you face. You will never run short. He will never leave you short. And so in conclusion, brothers and sisters, it matters to know who Jesus really is, the Christ, for your own salvation you get the wrong Jesus 
you don't get to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says no one comes to the Father except through me. Get the wrong Jesus, you go to hell. It's that simple and that serious. Get the right Jesus, trust in him. You're the Father's territory. You're God's, and nobody can take you away. So for your own salvation, and it matters for your witness. Because we're called now to tell our neighbors and tell the world who Jesus is so they may be saved too. We've got to have him right. So that we can tell the world Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Trust in him. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we call upon your name with thanksgiving. That not only have you sent the Lord Jesus Christ to us, you have revealed him to us so that we can know him by the power of your word and Holy Spirit. So teach us who you are, Lord Jesus, and help us to trust in you as our prophet, priest, and king so that we may also tell our families and our neighbors and the world that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Lord, and may our testimony be believed everywhere so that the church of Jesus Christ may be built up and the gates of hell never prevail against her. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.